my husband was screaming at her and what was your husband said, calm saying down, we gotta get he called her a lot of names because he's never been attacked by a dog before um it was really scary i've I, never right but I've he, he called her he called her what names called her nest uh called her uh, probably called her really um, okay that's kind of well, rare i mean i people get upset and they say why isn't your dog on a leash they don't say this is the plaintiff, Jeannie Yake. She says she was walking her little beagle schnauzer mix and the defendant's dog got loose and bit her Bailey on the butt. Bailey needed two surgeries. The defendant refuses to pay for the damage she caused. And she's suing her here and now for the $1,329.72 she's owed. This is the defendant, Rochelle. She says the plaintiff called animal control and lied to them, claiming her dog had multiple attacks. The plaintiff's a liar, and she doesn't trust her vet bills and thinks this woman is just looking for some kind of payday by filing this lawsuit. She's accused of causing insult to injury. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Yake, um, you are suing Ms. Rochelle for $1,329.72 that you say she owes you in vet bills plus interest because according to you, her dog attacked yours. Tell me what happened. So on February 1st, we were walking our dogs down her street and they were on a leash and uh, it was really snowy that day and her dog was outside with her, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where her dog came from. I just saw the dog attack. What kind of dog is your dog? My dog is a is a mutt. She's a schnauzer beagle. And what kind of dog is your dog, Ms. Rochelle? A Rottweiler. Okay. So go on, Ms. Yake. Okay. So we were walking down the street, and um, her dog came out from her house and bit my dog on the butt. My husband was walking that dog. I had the other dog. And so Chris grabbed the dog. And her dog still had Bailey's butt in his mouth. In the midst of all that, Chris got bit on the lip by my dog, Bailey. And it just, it was, it was just horrifying. So we started back down to our, I told her, I said, I will contact you if I have to go to the vet. My husband was screaming at her. And what was your husband said, Calm saying? Down. We gotta get, he called her a lot of names because he's never been attacked by a dog before. Um, it was really scary. I've never I, right, but he he called her. He years. called her what names? He called her. Uh, he called her. Uh, he probably called her. Really? Um, okay. That's kind of well, rare. I mean, I, people get upset and they say, "Why isn't your dog on a leash?" They don't say. All right, but anyway, go ahead. So go on. Well, he said he probably said something like, "Why isn't your dog on a leash?" Okay. I, don't, I don't remember. All right. Okay. Okay. So go on. So we get back to my house and we had to, I took care of his lip first because like I said, he got bitten on the lip a little bit. Uh, once we realized that he didn't have to go to the hospital, 
found Bailey about 20 minutes later under the bed. And I noticed she had puncture wounds. She had a rough coat. They couldn't really see it very well, but I could see that she was bleeding. So we went to the emergency vet that night, that day. It took us about four hours of the vet. Did you two know each other um, before this? Like, are you neighbors uh, or it's just on the path that you walk your dog? No, I've seen her in the neighborhood, but I don't know her. Okay. So we, uh, we get to the emergency vet. We were there for about four hours. And they said that um, they didn't have to do any surgery or anything that day. That it was... Um, that the, the wounds should just drain, and she, as long as, you know, we kept cleaning them, it should be fine. Okay. Which is what we did. So um, on the 17th of February, I came home from work, and I noticed that, well, before that, I had noticed that the skin between the puncture wounds was Wait, kind of hard. Uh, let me ask you what happens when, when the defendant calls you. She says what? She's oh. contrite, right? She was, she was uh, you know, like, how's the dog doing? Are you okay? And you know, I was like... Uh, yeah, I said, I, you know, I'm just getting her now. And I was, you know, I said, I know it was an accident, but, you know, I'll talk to you tomorrow about the bill. And, and what know, happened just, with that? That initial bill was four hundred and twenty five dollars and thirty one cents. And who paid that bill? Michelle, I paid it initially and then she paid me back. She then loaned me the money the next day. The next day, the day and after then, the attack. Yes. OK. All right. Um, now, Ms. Rochelle, why was your Rottweiler? Because it's always a Rottweiler or a pit bull. Uh, why was your Rottweiler not on a leash outside? So February 1st was a snowstorm. Um, I was stuck between studying and snow plowing. Um, he wasn't outside. I wasn't even outside. Um, I was actually warming up the cars. And I went back inside to study a little bit. Okay. Um, I didn't think that during a snowstorm somebody would be walking their dog. Um, my route. I know big dogs tend to have uh, la fama, the fame of of being aggressive, but oh, he really is but, not. But let me tell you, I don't hold anything against the Rottweilers or the Pitbulls. That's their nature. Oh, it's the people. Right, it's the people. right. It's the people, so, absolutely. so what? Uh, all right. So you don't believe she should be walking her dog in a snowstorm? So what? Your doors were unlocked, or you left your door open, or you were, were coming open. in and out? They were what are open. you saying? Okay. All right. They were open, um, but I had, right, again, my dog is, has never been aggressive. I didn't think that anybody would be walking during a snowstorm. So I had my back to the door while I was studying. And um, all of a sudden, I hear him bolt out the front door. I didn't know what was going on, so I ran after him barefoot. And he's going after this dog. Um, I separate them. Mr. Yake is yelling at me. What was he saying I, to you? Uh, that I was a f- and that um, he was going to sue me and that um, he was just repeating that a lot. Um, so I. How was Ms. Y- Mrs. Yake? She was very calm. Uh, I was apologetic. Is, it, is that, that the moment. Rottweiler? No. Oh, no. OK. Go ahead. I have two dogs. OK. Um, I was she was. I was apologetic. She was very understanding. I told her to keep in contact because we had seen each other throughout the neighborhood. Okay. Um, 
All right, so everything's happening the way it should, except that you didn't have your dog on a leash and your dog was able to run out because your door was open because people still have a right to walk a dog in a snowstorm. Uh, You may not think they're gonna, but I may not be walking my dog. I may just be walking in my car and I get bit. You don't know, so you really don't have. And I know you think, oh, but my dog would never bite a a person, but you didn't think your dog would bite a dog, right? So you don't get to have that. The rule is a blanket rule for everybody at all times. So, but she does what the right thing is, which is pay the bill. But then there's a complication. So let's talk about the complication, Ms. Yake, and what happens with Bailey. So on the 17th of February, I came home from work and I noticed that, like I said, the skin between the puncture wounds had started to harden a bit. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a vet. So the next day I called my vet. So um, Dr. Heidinger told me that the skin had actually gone necrotic because of the pressure of the bite. It was the bruising in between the puncture wounds that died, the skin died. She then had to have what's called the brimaturm surgery, which is when they had to cut the dead skin away. It was an open wound for seven days. And then we went back and she had a second surgery to close that wound. And she had probably about 20 stitches that went straight down vertically. And after that, the wound was healed. Okay. How is Bailey doing now? She's fine. She's fine now. Uh, she has a horrible scar, but the hair is growing back, and it'll go away soon. So, But when I did contact the defendant, I told her the day that I found out that the surgery was going to be needed. Uh, she did not get back to Boy. me. That was the day of the accident. That was oh, the day when I got I'm sure there's a lampshade on the poor dog's head. Oh, yeah. She had a cone on for about six or six weeks. That was about a day late. That was the next day. Yeah. And that darkness in between the puncture wounds is what died oh that's the gosh you got feeling. a picture of bailey without the wound oh look at that i do yeah no i can see what is this a picture of oh that's michelle walking her dog on may 7th that's her other dog that she doesn't have on a leash are you serious michelle right across the street from my house yeah yes you paraded with a dog not on a leash right in front of the house of the people whose dog your other dog not on a leash attacked? That doesn't sound very smart of you. Maybe you should have your dogs on a leash like everybody. Oh, the dog's so harmless. You know, no, it's, you don't get to decide in, that the in rules all don't honesty, your to honor. You. How are you walking no, the dog in, without in, a leash there? Yeah, you, in all honesty, um, I never take my Rottweiler. It doesn't out. matter. Any dog. Not it doesn't you don't get to be the decider of whether the law applies to you. There is literally I've never seen this in my 20 something years of sitting on the people's court. I have never seen someone who is accused of of their dog escaping walking their dog without a leash. I have seen pictures of the dogs loose again, but I've never seen someone walk in front of the house of the aggrieved party walking their dog literally without a leash like that like like there's no question you know here the other case is all oh, the dog got out again well that's bad but here you're de- you're actually doing it again no this is a different i dog. know it's a different dog i know what a rottweiler looks like it's not the point i mean no i you mean what 
It's my personal choice of, no, of not, not having babe. my dogs on no, a leash. No, it's not your personal choice. It's the law. You don't get a personal choice. We all give up some rights as a civilized society in order to get the benefits of living in society, okay? So, no, it is not your personal choice about whether you want to walk your dog without a leash. Where did you get that? Do you seriously not know that there's a leash law in your town? Do you not know that? Please say you didn't know. Because if you're just a jerk who decides that it's your choice whether or not your dogs roam free, then... It's my personal belief system. Yeah, but you don't get to do your personal belief system. Do you have a driver's license? I do. Okay. Why did you get a driver's license? To be an independent civilian. Well, why didn't you just drive without a driver's license? Right. There are some rules we all have to follow. And you're not special, Rochelle. Now, let's talk about what happens. This 400 and something dollars gets paid, but then there's an additional $1,280.35 for the two surgeries that the dog had to have. And Rochelle, you felt that that was excessive and probably not related or you didn't trust her because, according to you, she had lied to animal control. Tell me about that. The animal control officer, he let me know that the Yakes were expressing fear of my block, um, understandably so, but, you know, I believe that if the fear had been there immediately after the incident or as a result of the incident, that it would have been expressed immediately after. And she didn't, that night we spoke, she was understanding. She was, uh, very calm. Um, then all of a sudden the next day when she was handing me the bill, she started expressing concern and, oh, you know, now we're afraid. Now we can't walk on the street anymore. Um, and she said the animal control officer, he, um, would tell me that she started expressing concern about, you know, what are the next steps that they can take legally and what can be done. Um, he was said he was quick in telling them that they had no legal case. Um, it, I guess it sort of seemed that they were seeking financial compensation for, well, my they, dog do they absolutely have a legal case. That is not true what you just I'm sorry? said. They absolutely have a legal case. That is not true. I'm what just you reiterating just said. what the, no, what you're the not, officer told me. Because your answer to the complaint is a little different. That he said they were going to sue for pain and suffering. And that the animal control officer explained to him there's no pain and suffering. That's true. Isn't that what happened? Wasn't that the discussion with the animal control officer about right. pain and suffering? Right. That's different from whether they have a legal case for actual damages. Pain and suffering is I want you to pay me five thousand dollars because I'm suffering. That's different from, hey, I'm out twelve hundred and something additional dollars. So I don't want to be out. That's like a different case. So, yes, they have a legal case, but people do not have legal cases for pain and suffering in a dog bite. So now when they tell you about the additional what what? What else did the animal control officer tell you she had said or they had said? He read to me the, the complaint that they had uh, given and um, said that my dog had had multiple other incidents. Um, we had never had an incident. We, this is the first incident. Um, did you, Ms. Yake, ever, did you or your, give me a second. Did you, Ms. Yake, or your husband ever tell the animal control officer that, the, uh, that her animal had had other incidents? Other neighbors told me that they had problems with her dog. Okay. Because, All right. So, so Ms. Ms. Rochelle, at that point, you feel that she's dishonest and she tells you about the two surgeries. 
Do you ask for the name of the vet so that you can call and find out whether it, the surgery's actually happened or she's just lying or whether it's unrelated? Or do you ever ask for the name of the vet? I she gave me the statements with the name of the vet. I never called. So um, what did you? So why didn't you pay the rest of the bills? Um, I didn't believe that she was doing her part in taking care of the dog because of the way that she was acting with animal control. Okay, I get that. I don't I, I, I don't begrudge you suspicion. I wake up suspicious. So I get that. But all you have to do to find out what the right thing for you to do is, instead of what you wanna do, is pick up the phone and call the vet and say, Are you sure that this is related to the bite wound? Might this be because of negligent care on their part? Um, and are, are there really these two other bills? Because there is none so blind as she who will not see. So I have looked at these bills. These are absolutely your fault. There is a letter by the vet that says that the necrotic skin, due to the violent nature of the attack on Bailey by another dog, the blood supply to the area was injured. The tissue between the wounds was devitalized and dying. The wound area needed to be debrided. This happens with regularity. I've heard of this before a million times. So the dog, I mean, never mind the fact that she's got to care for the dog day after day with all of this and, you know, what you pounce on her. But but what you do is, hey, it's my personal choice if I feel like uh, corralling my animals or not. And not only that, you're you won't pick up the phone, call the vet and find out. And uh, you accuse her of negligence to add insult to injury. Seriously. Do you have any idea how bad you look right now? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Ms. Rochelle. Come on, man. $1,329.72, which is the figure with the interest charges because she had to pay for it on a credit card. I've gone over the figures. That is correct, and I'm ordering the defendant to pay her that money. Thank you. Ms. Michelle, let me ask you how you feel about this. The judge kind of lit into you uh, a number of times. Uh, What are you thinking right now? I mean... She's right. I had it coming. I should have been more careful, but it is what it is. At least it's over with. Yeah, you you did have it coming. No question. I got to ask you, are you going to walk your dogs off the leash or do you think you're going <laughs> to at least keep them on a leash? It's incredible. You no, did that. my dog. My dog's not danger. I don't I, I have good control over her. I don't I'm not worried about anything. You're not going to put her on a leash. No, that's my personal choice. Seriously? And yeah, seriously. Oh, boy. Boy. The judge really went after you after that. It was a leash law. You got to follow it. And you say it's your personal opinion? You don't want to do it? Yeah. I don't want to have that sort of control over my animal. Oh, my gosh. You're too much. All right. Well, you got to pay the money. Like it or not, you've got to pay that $1,329. Let's see what Ms. think feels about this. Uh, Ms. Yake, how are you? I'm thrilled to have my money back, and my dog is fine, so... It's it's it stinks not being able to walk down that street anymore. Um, but with her attitude, apparently I can't go down that street ever again because if she's so cavalier, how can I be sure that she's not going to leave that dog out again? And this could ha- this could happen again. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Congratulations. Good for you. You prevailed and you Thank got you. what you're seeking and what you needed. Absolutely. All right, Harvey. This is an amazing case. What do you think of that defendant? Doug, where to begin? This woman should not own dogs, period. She's being ridiculous 
and hopefully animal control will get involved and take her dog away because she's a bad dog owner if she's doing this, especially since her dog already bit somebody, bit a dog. So this woman is irresponsible. And I'm telling you, if, if this dog bites another person or another dog, then this owner is going to be responsible not just for medical bills, but possibly for punitive damages as well. I'm in Minnesota, and our new landlord is charging every tenant $11 a month for pest control. Can they do that? Well, the fact that she calls him a new landlord means that maybe someone just came in in the middle of leases. Right. Could be. Because the, the dispositive answer will be in the lease. Does the lease say, and I will pay $11 for... Right. Because if it's not in there, then no, he can't charge it. If it is in there, it's game over. Game He's over. Because it. you could, yes, he can make right. you pay whatever he wants if you sign the lease and say, yeah, I'm willing to do it. That, that's, Frankly, you know. 11 bucks a month per tenant might not be unreasonable for pest control. But know. most landlords just pay for that themselves as right. part of the uh, right. providing a habitable environment to make sure there's right. no pest. Now. Sure, every, every landlord has to provide a safe, habitable place. Right. Yeah, but if, you, if, the, if it's a new landlord all of a sudden doing it, my, right. my gut is that it's not in the lease and that they just said, hey, right. I know. That could I'll be. just uh, absorb the hurt. I'll, I'll spread the hurt and no one's going to complain about $11 because right. um, they'll want a new lease. Right. Right. Well, ants and roaches get in everywhere. Yeah. I mean, in Florida, they, we, we like to call them palmetto bugs, the big roaches. When the I, ones you saddle. Right. <laughs> the ones you can saddle up. And uh, that's part of that's one of my duties. Uh, yeah. Disposal of those. Yes. And, that's why I keep you around. This is the plaintiff, W.C. Barnes. He says he and the defendant dated for a couple of years, and he loaned her money to buy her dream car, a town and country minivan. She promised she'd pay him back, and now that they've broken up, he can't seem to get her to pay him the $1,232 she still owes him. This is the defendant, Christy Lee. She says the plaintiff bought her the minivan when they were dating and never said a word about having to pay him back. Once she broke up with him because he started acting strange, he came after her, claiming his money was a loan. How dare he? She's accused of taking advantage of an ex. All parties. Please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Barnes, you are suing Ms. Christy Lee for $1,232. You say she owes you but won't pay you. Tell me what happened. Good morning, Your Honor. Good morning. I met Christy in January of 2019, and she was in the middle of moving from her mother into her new place, and uh, we came together. Uh, uh, I could say that we started out as friends, but most of all, we wind up dating. Okay. And we dated for a while. And roughly around, I say October, uh, we was getting, was driving to church one morning. We had to stop by her place to pick up her daughter. And uh, I asked her, I said, well, you know, with everything that's going on, your son and yourself sharing one vehicle, I said, what would be your dream vehicle? And she started to describe a minivan, town and country minivan, you know. And just so happened the next day I'm coming from work, I see one on the, on the side of the road. Someone was selling it. 
So I immediately called her, and she came up, and we looked at it. She drove it, and she loved it. You know, we walked into the the business, and the guy, he wanted $1,500 for the band. But I told him, I said, well, I only have $1,100. And he looked in her eyes, and he said, ask her, uh, do you need this band? And she said, yes. And he gave her the keys and the bill of sale for it right then, you know, the title to it right then, and she drove away in it. Boy, you and can I spin a yarn, Mr. Barnes. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> I, I, brought the, okay. I brought the money back right away, you know. But let me ask you a question. Uh, when the car was purchased, what was the discussion between you and Ms. Christy Lee about who was buying the car and who was going to ultimately pay for it and what was happening here? Well, a couple of days later here, we did discuss it. And I, I felt like that maybe she should write something out so that I would have, you know, something down the road. I truly believe that she had the intention of paying me. Well, no, but let's back up a second. So did, was it just, it was such a magical moment that nobody discussed anything at that moment? You were just pulling out your wallet and you didn't say to her, you know, you got to pay me back. And she didn't say to you, oh, buy it for me and I'll pay you back. Was there any discussion at that moment? Well, I may have said something along the line of, I know that you'll pay me back when you're able to. Did you, did you may have said that or you know you said that? I know I said something along the line of that. Because because it doesn't sound to me like you know you said that. But anyway, so a few days later, what happens? Uh, She wrote out a hand note on 11, I think it was 11-3. I typed up a little contract and she signed it. Okay. So let me hear from you, Miss Chrissy Lee. What's your story? Yeah, at the time the van was purchased, Mr. Barnes had never said anything about it being a loan. Um, and actually, at the time, we were, I guess you would say dating. He always called us just friends. But um, he had said to me, um, we were actually in an argument. I'm not quite sure what it was about. But he called me up. Isn't and that said always that the had, way? <laughs> right. <laughs> he had seen this van and um, did I want to go take a look at it? And I said, yes. Um, we went and took a look at the van. And no, at that time, nothing was ever discussed about it being alone, ma'am. Okay. Um, you know, uh, it did happen the way he said it did. As far as um, I, I don't remember that it was a conversation on the way to church. But we had talked about, um, I'm, I'm a simple person. So, yeah, like a nice minivan was my dream was car. My goal just because, right. yeah, because it's just practical. because I'm that and I'm very family oriented. I love being able to have my nieces, my nephew or my great nieces even um, with me. So I like having the idea of having seven total seats and um me yeah, too. So I'm an empty we, nester, and I still want seven or eight seats. Thank you. Right. Because right. I've got I've got friends and, that I want to put in there now. <laughs> we went in. We drove it. Um, it seemed like a very reliable vehicle. So, what do you think was happening? Um, that he was being extravagant and yes. kind of just wanted you to have a great gift because it's a rather extravagant gift. Absolutely. Um, to give you yes. I thought he was being extremely generous. Um, Mr. Barnes has done um, several very nice things for me. Um, 
Go ahead. To give you an idea, you were about to say, to give you an idea, Judge, go ahead and tell me. It's just he would... He used money as a form of control. Okay. So you felt that he was trying to buy you not being mad about whatever the fight was and make you happy. Or in general. Or in general. But you feel that it was a form of control. Why? What would he... um, How? Because... Go ahead. He would say that money wasn't... um, That it wasn't about money for him, that he would... It didn't matter that much to him that he would spend money as long as we got to spend time together, that being my friend and being able to talk to me was more important and things like that. But then um, he would bring those instances up at the same time. How so? Like right before Christmas time, um, you know, I guess he had bought me some gifts. Now, Your Honor, I was just getting back on my feet, Um, you know, just moving into my own home. Um, and you know, so things were tough for me. I'm a single mom. I have four kids all together. Two of them are still in high school. Um, and my older two are obviously graduated and have kids of their own. But so, you know, I never had means to, to do things for him. So I tried to do things that, that didn't cost me money, write a nice letter and stick it where he could see it later on and things like that. But he had told me, at one point, he was basically feeling used, like I was um, having him do these things for me. And there was no, you know, reciprocation on my part. So were you? using Although, him? No, as a matter of fact, the only thing I ever asked Mr. Barnes for was maybe $20 for gas and cigarettes, like anything he ever did for me, he did. I never asked him to do those things. So, I mean, if you're using somebody, don't you think it would be, you know, oh, they give you this, so you're going to ask for the next thing up. And I never did that, Your Honor. Uh, according to your answer to the complaint, you say about a month later, after getting the minivan, um, he said that you were making him feel like a John and he felt like you mm-hmm. were using him. And he claimed that the minivan was holding your relationship back and he wanted you to sign a promissory note. You loved him and you didn't want to lose him or make him feel like you were using him. So you signed it because we know you did sign the promissory note saying you'd pay the money. Back. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right. I, 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 um, and that's exactly how it did happened. you ever felt- pay him back any of the money for the van? No. All right. So when is it that you signed the promissory note? I know it was, it was at least, I want to say at least a week after the van was bought, maybe longer. And it says payment in the amount of $100 to begin March 1st. Was there ever a payment on March 1st? No, Your Honor. There and wasn't. did you guys, you guys broke up when? Um, I want to say it was right around my birthday. So in my well, birthday. I've forgotten when your birthday is. So. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. February 6th. Okay. And why did you guys break? Who broke up? I I don't want to say it was an actual um, um, breakup as so much as um, Mr. Barnes and I just didn't find the, I didn't find the time to spend with him as much anymore. I was um, dealing with a lot of family issues and things like that. And we just stopped talking. If he if I didn't answer him quick enough, your honor, he would send me a nasty text like, um, you know, I can't. That was nice of you not to answer me. What was this? Just another lie? Just another an excuse? And you're not um, compatible. 
-hmm. I think you all no. figured that out, that you're not compatible. Right. right. I agree. Right. Okay. Would you agree, Mr. Barnes, that uh, you had that discussion with her s two weeks later where you said, I feel like a John? Did that happen? The reason why I felt like that was because, you know, like she mentioned, you know, I would text her. She would text me a day later. Uh, I would call her. She was busy with the grandkid or or, you know, she was doing something with the family. She's 100% right. She's very family-oriented, you know. And that takes precedent, I think, over pretty much everything, you know. But there were several times that Christy and I would meet for lunch when she was on lunch break, and we would just talk. and talk about life and everything that's going on, you know. And that's why I was trying to be a friend, you know, trying to support her. When she was going through things, you know. And I don't she, think she has any course, complaints. Yeah, I mean, she just, she her com no, she does agree with you. She just, um, you know, you, you're just, your needs are different, you know, and I, I, you both have a right to need and want only what you need and want. Like, in other words, if what she wants is somebody she sees once a week because uh, she feels her life is just a little too full right now, then that's what she wants. But she may not find that, but that's what she wants. And if what you want is a real partner who you talk to a lot and see a lot, then that's what you want. You both have a right to want what you want. And that's OK. Um, the, the only the only decision that I have in front of me is, is this a loan or is this a gift? And I have to tell you, this is a new one on me, because usually when there's a promissory note, it's game over. But I have a promissory note that is admittedly only created a week after the dispositive event, the purchase of the car. I have the purchase of a car that is like a fairy tale story about what's your dream car. And then you bring her over to it. It certainly sounds like a gift. I've got a situation where you admit that you felt like the money was flowing one way and you felt used. And that's the reason why the promissory note happens. But I got to know that a promissory note happens because a promissory note was the intent originally. Like, in other words, I know she signed this. She signed this freely and voluntarily. But if she signed it because she loves you and then she's all of a sudden just taken on the debt the day you press her for the debt does she have to pay it or is this just an empty promise with no consideration a promissory note normally is a a contract between two people where i give something up i loan you money and you give something up you promise to pay me for it and the two of those both of them have to be present at the time that the purchase of the car occurs not two weeks later, but at the time that the purchase of the car occurs. So she signs it, but m what I, I have to decide is at the time it happens, was it a gift or a loan? Not did it become a loan two weeks later. I have to decide at the time that it happened, and every fact from both of you points to it being a gift. And I don't believe it's appropriate just because she signed a promissory note two weeks later so you wouldn't feel used. I think she did that just so you wouldn't feel used, not because she actually intended to pay it from the beginning. I think it was a beautiful gesture and a beautiful gift that then you started to feel used about. And that can't change the original intent. From what I've heard here, the original intent was it's a gift because nothing got discussed then. That's what I believe. And that's how I'm ruling. My verdict is for the defendant. Mr. Barnes, what do you feel about that? Well, I'm not too happy about it. Uh, she wrote the promissory note out 
and I just made a better copy of it to, you know, to have on file. Uh, I, she agreed to pay me the money back. You know, she sent it in a text message, but it's neither here nor there. Okay, very good. All right, Christy, let me ask you how you feel about the outcome of this. I would, I would assume you're a little relieved. Am I right? Yes, I am. Um, and the judge, I feel she was right, obviously. Um, it, it wasn't discussed at the time. And um, I did sign the promissory note just because I cared. So at the time, I, be- I believe the ban was a gift as well. All right. Well, that's the judge's decision, and uh, that's the way it's going to end up. So congratulations to you, my dear. You got a nice Thank gift. Thank you. Are you still going to be friends Thank with you. Mr. Barnes? Are you still going to be friends? Will you stay friendly <laughs> with him? What do you think? We haven't spoken in a long time, but, you know, we'll see what God has in store. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. Good luck to you. All right, Harvey. Okay, Doug, when you are in a relationship with somebody, a lot of times there's a presumption if you give them something, it's a gift. If it is not a gift, it's probably a good idea for you to somehow memorialize that it's not and you expect payment back, maybe a friendly email or text. But if you don't do it, you may lose the case. Marilyn, you never took John's last name. How did your traditional Cuban-American parents feel about that? (laughs) Well, um, by the time that you and I started dating, I was what is known in the Cuban culture as Patia, an old maid, right? Because I was already 29 29 years old. and uh, Way over there. So, yeah. so, but anyway, I had been a lawyer for 10 years by that point, right? right? At 20, by the time yeah. we married, I was a lawyer for 10 years married, right. and, um, or almost 10 years. And I, and I had built a reputation yeah, on, everyone on, knew under me that as name. Marilyn Millian. Sure. And plus I kind of like my name. Right. And then, um, so I remember the day that we sat down, do you remember this? We sat down with my dad and yeah. my mom. Yeah. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah. And I, I tell my dad with great fanfare. Um, he said something about changing your name and I, and I said, because we were getting married like the next week. And I said, no, dad, I've made a decision that Miliana is my name. And, um, and I thought he was going to be so proud. You know, I said, you put me through law school, you put me through law school. That's how I'm known. And I'm just going to keep Milian in honor to you. He goes, that is disgraceful. That is right. the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. You are so disrespectful right. to your Una husband. Respeto, he went he nuts. Yeah. Una falta de respeto para John. Exactly. He went. Bo- I, I go. I, I'm like, are you serious? He, he, and he's and he's going. To, and my mother too. She's like, oh, you gotta. How can you do that? I go. I'll tell you what. Right now, put it all on the table. I said, say, if say you can name. say right. his name, right. Pronounce that man's name. Right. And I will change my name. She failed the test. They both, they both just, the they had like a deer caught in the head. Yeah, Lessinger. And I said, yeah, and that's why I'm not taking his name. I don't mind that you didn't take my name. I don't mind what you call me. Just call me. Sometimes they call me John Millian. Oh, that does happen a lot, Mr. Millian. Doesn't bother me. No. 